Hi, my name is Danny, and I am a horticulturalist. Welcome to my little podcast, Leaves, Stems and Roots. Hello, my dear leaflets. It's episode 13, Chooks and Summer. Quote, I dream of a better tomorrow where chickens cross the road and not be questioned about their motives. Anonymous. A bit of admin before we start. Thanks for all your kind words of encouragement and ratings of the show. It really does help. If you haven't yet, please rate the show. It helps grow my audience. To help with the setup and continuing of the show, you can now subscribe. Link in the show notes. Please check out the pics I speak of through my website, stemsleavesandroots.com and on Instagram at stems underscore leaves underscore and underscore roots underscore with underscore Danny. I hope to add some more fun things to TikTok too. I am trying to make it as easy as possible for you to listen to it and interact with me with questions, comments, and yes, even criticisms. Okay, on with the show. I never need to do this, but a warning to this episode, as there will be mild mild descriptions of chicken death. If you would rather not listen to this, I totally understand, and I will let you know when to listen again. Like with everything, there are rules about keeping chickens. Hopefully most people will adhere to them. You can own up to 10 chooks under 0.2 hectares. However, check in with your council. Some residential areas allow up to 10, but some only allow 4 or 5. The enclosure should be 3 metres away from the neighbour's boundary. Also, you need its feed to be in a vermin-safe container. At the school, we had an old chest freezer, which was perfect, but really all you need is a tightly sealed container. If you have a shed, I'd put it up high and make sure your shed is vermin-free. If you have any loose hay or mulch, perhaps store this in an old bin or under some tarp. Speaking of checking with your council, not sure how many of you know this, but in residential areas, you are also able to have ducks and geese. One of my clients has a duck and this duck is the best looked after duck this side of the suburb. How many more times I can say the word duck? (laughs) Now this shouldn't come to too much of a surprise to you all, but you are not permitted to own a rooster. Story time! When I was at uni, I was living in Benalla. There was a rooster near me. It didn't know quite what to do as it crowed at 3pm. To us, a bunch of hungover uni students, perfect time. But I digress. So as you all know, I used to work at a school and took the garden side of the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Program. However, since it's become one huge role, I've had to leave, which is such a shame as I loved it. My mate who took over both roles will do a fantastic job, I'm sure. Love the kids, love the work and got used to chickens. So much so that I'm thinking of getting some myself. So what did I learn about chickens? They are great. Full stop. End of podcast. (laughs) Well, end of, yes. They are a great introduction to where produce comes from for the kids, knowing they don't come from shops. Plus, they can be a great introduction for adhering to my warning. Fast forward one minute 45, and I don't mean to get morbid here, but death for kids to understand. Over my time at the school, we lost five chickens, and even though there may have been some very bad jokes after they passed, majority of the kids were sad. We even got some tears, and maybe from me as well. How did they all cock it, Danny? 
Well, let's put it a bit more delicately than that. One chook died by not having enough water in her enclosure. She may have been bullied by her friends and was unable to get the water source. However, she continued to eat, and eating as a chicken with no water, she literally ate herself to death. What a horrible way to die. This is apparently common. They eat and eat until they gorge themselves. Two others died as their enclosure became too wet underfoot and they ended up with horrible lesions and rot in their feet. We came to realise this just after COVID. It was a dark time for all. One died with a broken neck, which I had to stall a bunch of eight-year-olds to dispose of her. This one had been bullied and bashed up pretty bad a few months before we actually got her. Um, And I don't think she ended herself, but you never know. And the last one died as a result of her breed. All of these chickens were Isa Browns and they are breed, sorry, and they are bred to be short-lived but high egg producers. So this particular chook had stopped laying eggs, but she was still ovulating, which also meant she was still producing the eggs, but they weren't going anywhere. She had so much excess fluid in her belly. The vet told me that she once extracted four litres of yolk from one chook. So I know this is a garden podcast, so I won't get too much more involved with that. I'm going to put a photo in the show notes of our late girls. Before they died, you'll be happy to know. I spoke to a wonderful vet whose passion was birds, and she gave me recommendations on what chooks to get in the future. Now, I know some of my listeners have chooks. Please let me know how you and your chickens get along, and the varieties and how good they are at laying eggs and so forth. This vet suggested heritage chickens, silkies or Sussex and Suffolk. I'm going to put a photo of each of these in the show notes and the website. So what are heritage chooks? If you think of heirloom veggies, traditional varieties of produce, heritage chooks are the heirloom, is it heirloom or heirloom? Equivalent. Anyway, some heritage birds are quite common, like Rhode Island reds, but others like Dutch bantams are endangered in Australia. So what makes heritage birds more sustainable than commercial chooks? Like isobrowns, as I said earlier, isobrowns are bred to lay eggs and then are short-lived. Heritage birds mature a lot slower than commercial birds and can last up to double the time the others do. Their egg laying is different too. Commercial birds lay one egg per day to about two years. Heritage birds can lay up to three to six eggs a week, depending on breed, for several years. Commercial birds require a regiment diet. Heritage birds are hardy and are great foragers. They do get broody, which means they won't lay, but are good mothers. Commercial birds don't breed, but are apparently awful mothers. Probably okay, because commercial birds cannot be bred at home, but heritage birds can. Sussex chickens are quite a bit larger than normal commercial chickens. These will last longer, plus they are prettier. actually thought our girls were quite pretty, but for me, and for the way the the school is structured, I believe the best course would be not to get eyes of browns again. Um, Just doing a bit of homework myself, I found through a website through the Pinnacle website in the show notes that if I ever endeavour to get chickens in the future, I would like to get some silky bantams. Seriously, Google them. They are so cute and their behaviour indicates affectionate and docile. Perfect for a school too, one would assume. 
The chickens at the school had a few behavioural problems. Some of the girls had bad attitudes, but I don't blame them really. Anyway, a very brief intro to chickens. As I said earlier, this is a garden podcast, not a chicken podcast. But the article through the pinnacle gives you more concise information. Another breed I had been told about was leghorns and I have to say and yes I'm showing my age here all I can think of is that cartoon leghorn foghorn or is it foghorn leghorn you know I see I see I can't even do it I'm really sorry about that so other than keeping yourself sane in the garden when talking to them why would you bother with chooks as you remember with episode six Tools, poo and compost. Chicken poo is great for gardens. The old nesting poo soaked hay is wonderful to add to your compost or in some cases added straight to the garden. Remember when we spoke about no dig gardens? This concoction would be great for it. Just remember that chicken poo is high in NPK or nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium and should be composted before used. Depending on the plant, it still may burn, so don't put it on natives. Also, the other reason to compost or age chicken poo before using it will kill off pathogens, which may be harmful to plants, animals and humans. And yes, before anyone comes after me I do realize I said just before to use the old nesting poo soaked hay but if you if you use that on your no dig garden the good thing with no dig gardens is that you do it as a layering thing so if you put that in the middle also if you're a bit worried about the pathogens you can just leave it as a part of the no dig and not plant straight into it. Chickens also give us eggs, which in a kitchen garden is a very good addition. Imagine having an omelette made with all ingredients from your garden. Fantastic. Okay, maybe not cheese, but you know. I have some fun facts for you about chickens. Woo woo! Number one, chickens can recognize up to 100 faces. This does not surprise me. I also think they have their favorites. I saw this with the girls at the school. It was not just me they would run to. Number two, apparently chickens dream. Okay, call me cynical, but how was this measured? Tiny little electrodes were attached to their heads. Having said that, I know my old dog used to dream because he would just lie there and his little paws would go. And because he was getting old, I think that was the only time he really could um, run in his sleep. Um, And also I know my cat does too because she purrs or every now and again we'll just go meow um so why not chickens i wonder what they dream about love to know what animals dream about number three chickens communicate to each other and talk to their eggs babies in eggs one assumes not the ones we consume and this doesn't surprise me i mean pregnant women talk to their bellies and if you've ever watched scrubs the tv show elliot named her eggs Number four, chickens learn from their past mistakes. I believe this. Well, with some of the birds we have, like humans, there are some really bright chickens and some really unintelligent ones. Five, apparently chickens purr like cats. I didn't hear this with the ones we had, but if you have them, please let me know. I really want to know. Any more fun facts about chickens, please let me know. In Melbourne at the moment, it's hot. It was 38 by the time I record this the yesterday was a few weeks ago 
Um, and today with a possible storm. So if you have chickens, please remember to keep a water source full for them. They also like to have dirt baths, which is why you see spaces in your hay or little holes, little nests, and this is another way to keep themselves cool. Okay, so enough about chickens at the moment. What can we do in the garden in February in Melbourne? It's too hot to do anything. At the moment, I'm just talking about what to do in the kitchen garden at this time. We need to plan for summer. Mulching is a must, and this should have been done before the hot weather came really. Um, Mulching is a must as I said. This will allow your soil to stay moist and cool. When do we water? 3pm! No! The best time to water is either early in the morning or late at night. This is when the sun is not out and burning. If you water in the middle of the day it's a waste of time. Compost is important too. To give your veggies some nutrients, which they may be depleted when they aren't getting enough water. Yep, like your good self. Make sure you have water sources around your garden. These are good for hot and bothered birds and bees. And for, you know, the native birds around the place. We want to keep our bees hydrated. If you can, shade some of your more susceptible plants, like water-hungry herbs and veggies, Unfortunately, I lost my Vietnamese mint this way and it was in a self-watering pot. I think it actually got burnt, which is annoying. I also had a very small camellia, japonica, in the garden, like a a little seedling, and it's got very um, burnt leaves, which I'm hoping I haven't completely stuffed up. Also make little self-watering devices for your pot plants. At this time of year, pots can dry out considerably, so make sure you have something to help keep them damp. Using a milk bottle, very easy to make one. So what you do is you get a milk bottle, like usually possibly a two-litre milk bottle, you know, the plastic ones, And this is a good way of actually recycling them. So you cut them in half and the the half that you have your um, pouring out bit on, you put a little tiny hole in the lid and then you tie it um, above your plant pots. I've got them in my hanging baskets. And then you can fill them and unscrew it a little bit to make sure that it comes out either slow or a bit more faster. So I've done this with my thyme and it's the first time I've had thyme that is just looking great. And um, I lost basil. I don't know what happened there. I think it's in, I, was, I think it was too much in the shade. Um, but I've also got, um, what else do I have? I have strawberries that are looking great and I use this uh, self-watering stuff with them and oregano I love oregano I actually have I actually thought I didn't have any oregano in the garden but I do but I think it's more of a marjoram I think I've actually spoken about this before anyway depending on the temperature of the day you can prepare beds for autumn and do some summer pruning don't prune when it's hot you want to give the plant a chance of recovery Other chores to do in your all-year-round activities like weeding, deadhead, cut back, remove dead plants and topping up compost. And what can I plant in February, Danny? Glad you asked. Great time to plant carrots as this is a year-round plant. Did you know? What else? Now remember when you're going to be 
planting your carrots you need to make sure that they have good soil to actually carrots grow because as you know they grow underground but if you haven't actually prepared it properly they're going to end up looking like a weird kind of concoction and they're going to be all spread out what else so there is a plethora of veggies and herbs to plant in february i am just going to give you a few if you want a better list the link in the is in the show notes the following will be what i can eat so climbing beans and why can't can't you eat everything again danny i have ibs yay <laughs> climbing beans i can't have beans but you know i like to grow them because they look pretty Basil, chives, chervil, coriander, lemon balm, lettuce, oregano, parsley, rocket, spring onions, and wasabi. Have any of you grown wasabi? Let me know. Drop me a line at stemsleavesroots at gmail.com. Okay, what do I have in my garden? What have I harvested? What have I planted? I planted basil, lemon balm, and parsley, but we'll be planting some rocket, beans, and carrots. What have I been able to harvest? I have two apples. I was so excited. I can't eat apples, but my son can and said they were delish. We have table grapes, which are quite nice, and tomatoes, which is so much yummier than from the shops. Also being used a lot, as I said before, thyme and oregano and chives. And also I've got some um, spring onions. And that someone who has IBS, we can only have the green part of the spring onions. Um, anyway, my dear leaflets, thanks for listening. And until next time, toodle. All media pertaining to this episode will be in the show notes. Please follow through Instagram and we now have a Facebook group. Please remember to rate and review. And remember to pull up your plants so we can get dirty. Blop, blop.